Hey friends, welcome to YYZ Podcast. My name is Melissa. I know I left you high and dry last week, but I'm back and hopefully better than ever. So let's get this show on the road. Okay, so I know this isn't entirely an excuse for not recording an episode, but let me just say candidly that looking for an apartment is possibly one of the most soul-crushing things that you can do at this point because it kind of starts to feel like dating after a while in the sense that you go, oh, I have to get the caveat, looking for an apartment with roommates if you don't already have roommates. Anyways, basically you go, you have to give your personality, you know, show off your winning personality and hope that you jive with the other people. And I find it usually goes one of two ways. Either you really like the place and they don't pick you, or you don't really like the place and they do pick you, so it's awkward. But either way, someone is leaving less than pleased. And so when I first started out, I was naive to this game and I currently live by myself, so you know, you don't have to deal with all those dynamics. But then, here I am trying to cut down on the old cost so that I can eat more avocados to present to prevent myself from purchasing a home, as that is the only thing standing in the millennial way, uh, according to uh, one economist of millennial home ownership. So as I sat there and wasted all of my income on avocados, I realized that this is not a game, you know what I mean? It's just not as easy as it looks, and... After a while, it feels like you're on The Bachelor because you keep meeting different people. You keep, you don't spend enough time with them to actually get a real sense of their personality, but you hope you're still making a good impression, but you're also trying to see what type of impression they're making on you. And then you're all in your head and it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I'm still in the midst of it. And at this point kind of like what happens when you actively try to date people. You just get numb after a while because you're like, well, hey, you mean this is going to go whichever way it's going to go and I'm just going to be along for the ride. So yeah, that's that's where we're at with that right now and uh, on to more exciting things. You know, in these politically charged and divisive times, what the world really needs is some UNITY, aka Unity, if you didn't catch that. Anyways, in OVO news, some Unity occurred because Drizzy Drake was pictured with Tory Lanes. And if you don't really know too much about that, I don't think there's ever been anything on the record. There might have been, but I'm not really the official OVO scholar. But anyways, it's always been either rumored or pretty much known that Drake and the OVO camp, they're not super close with the Tory Lanez camp. And they just really never really, so not supported each other, but they weren't close. They didn't put on for each other. It was more like they both existed and were from Toronto, but they never overlapped or they never really came out publicly to support each other. And so it's always been rumored that they had beef or that they just really weren't into each other. But Drizzy went ahead and decided to turn over a new leaf because he posted a photo with himself and Mr. Lanes 
fully showing that whatever problems that might have happened in the past, perceived or otherwise. Actually, he posted two photos with him. And the caption on one of the photos is, the city needs more of this and less of that. So maybe our young friend Drizzy had an epiphany and realized that the way forward is just to support and put on for others. And there's strength in numbers, remember. Canada, big landmass, tiny population. So if you want to continue the Toronto takeover, the best way to do it is to support others who are trying to put Toronto on the map, which it is now, but to help it grow even more so. And another good thing, if you're into Ovio, if if not, this doesn't mean anything to you, but for a while, after the whole VOXO thing, the weekend really went his own way. And by going his own way, he didn't really mess with Drake anymore. Through that, The weekend has become pretty much an international superstar, but has pretty much severed most of his ties with OVO in an official capacity. But this past weekend, which I lived through everyone's Snapchat because I wasn't there, Drizzy and Young Starboy reunited on the stage at the ACC, once again showing that you gotta put on for Toronto and... People are better together than apart. So I think that's important. Sometimes you do need to go off and figure things out on your own and then come back. But the important part is that you do come back. And it's good to see everyone smiling and getting along because it's good for the culture. It's good for the music. It's good for the art. It's good for the social media. And it's good for people who bought tickets to see Starboy and who got a free Drizzy show. So everybody wins. So this week in transit, we have some good-ish news to report because the city has voted in favor of proceeding with the design and planning for the relief line and the young extension into York region. The relief line is, I'm pretty sure, has been stated as the highest transit priority for Toronto at this moment because even though it's not technically over capacity at this point, the Young Line is slated to be officially over capacity by 2031. But anyone who has been anywhere on the Young Line, particularly Young and Bloor, or now, but I think the best example would be Young and Bloor, knows that even if it's not technically over capacity now, it is absolutely madness. It's wall to wall. You can't move. And often you have to wait for several trains to go by before you can even take basically a running dive to get into the door to get where you need to go. And so without any other options then you're pretty much stuck but this is the one of the main arteries of the city and it's pretty much during rush hour already operating at capacity from my anecdotal non-transportation planning perspective so it's critical that the work on this relief line takes place and also just because there's been so much transit back and forth that it for once 
I mean, there's still probably going to be more back and forth because it is Toronto and that's how transit decisions happen. But at least the fact that pretty much all councillors were in agreement that this needed to move forward and understand how critical it is that the work on this starts to happen, I would say that is a win. So looking forward to when this actually comes to some type of tangible or even finalized planning, which won't be for a while because the planning for the relief fund is non-existent. It hasn't happened before, so now it's starting. But at least you got to take, you know, the good with the, I don't know. But anyways, at least they're started. So let's see what comes of this. So happily, the sun actually decided to make an appearance this weekend because it was looking a bit dodgy for a while. But we have come off of a record few weeks of rain and normally by this time in the year it would be pretty balmy regularly and it's been quite cold and pretty much just hitting us with very much English countryside weather which a is just bad for overall morale because honestly if I don't see the sun for a few days it starts to weigh on me and b the more tangible impacts are the fact that the islands are underwater and many parts of the city have been significantly impacted by flooding and are still dealing with the effects today because from what I understand the stormwater reservoirs or what have you are already overloaded from that first significant rainfall if it rains pretty much at any point now it's just adding on to what already is trying to be processed that's way above the levels of what can usually be managed so in essence there's just a lot of emergency responses but there's not really a comprehensive preparation which is what we've seen with the islands and the fact that they had to be pretty much evacuated and are still closed down to the public for all intents and purposes and normally this time in the year, in time for May 2-4 weekend, lots of people would be making their way over to the island. But instead, everyone is here and people who are actually residents have been significantly affected, which I think a lot of people forget about just because most of us will go over for the day. But schools have closed. Center Island is completely, looks like a post-apocalyptic scene which is crazy because I can still remember going there as a kid and that doesn't mean it's permanently closed but I just think you know especially with all these dystopian shows on television or the internet whatever Handmaid's Tale and Walking Dead there's a lot of complacency in that you see these things or obviously it's fiction but to some extent these events are not necessarily as far away as we would think and seeing how much the city was affected by significant rainfall and that the lake has been at its highest recorded levels in years and years and years that's not something to be taken lightly and honestly I just think it's funny not even funny it's crazy that people would have any way to deny climate change when you're seeing these significant weather shifts that are not normal the if this is the highest recorded levels of the lake 
in however long, there's something that's out of the ordinary there and you have to plan and act accordingly and it's not something that people should just be shrugging their shoulders at. But at the same time, with a lot of things, I mean, look at how Donald Trump is in office. You don't necessarily think of these things until they happen and just seeing how significantly impacted the city was by flooding, it just makes you think about weather and the future of the world to some extent without being super morbid but it really does make you think this week in bougie toronto things that i might actually be into not gonna lie there is a new craft cider coming to the market called sulker cider and it doesn't get any more extra than this it is made with kombucha so if you don't know what kombucha is it's basically uh fermented drink made with I think it's some type of tea and then it goes through this fermentation process and I think it's delicious and so do these people because they've decided to infuse it with cider and they're bringing it to the Toronto market I will say this is a pretty bougie thing because like come on but at the same time Am I probably going to try it if I can find it? Yeah, I probably will, to be honest with you. And uh, you know what? I just support people's entrepreneurial spirit. Am I a little bit salty that I didn't think of this myself? Possibly. But at the same time, people got to do what they got to do. And if this is what they want to do, I support it and I will try it. Because it's bringing two great things together. And that's just bringing people together. And hopefully if this weather warms up and stays nice, I can enjoy it on a patio somewhere. This week on the Ox Court, we have an artist out of Brampton and his name is Kay Forrest. And I just discovered him very recently, thanks to someone on Twitter whose name I can't remember, but shout out to you. And I spent the past couple days listening to his music, and it's a good time. It's very in that, I want to say that Bryson Tiller OVO R&B wave, which isn't a bad thing because I'm always down for chill sounds like that. And it's just music that you can put on and relax to. And I just, I'm into it. So let's take a listen. Shotty too bad, yeah, I'ma make a wife. Shotty too bad, yeah, I'ma make a wife. Shotty too bad, yeah, I'ma make a wife. Make a, I'ma make a wife. I wanna have her, but I gotta ask her father. The day is coming, saying vows by the altar. We'll be honest and the target is to really keep your promise If it's way too hard, don't bother You're my wifey 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 My wifey Tell me, tell me, tell me Okay, so that song was called Wifey and it was off of his 2016 Forest Fire Project which you can find online wherever you look for your music and if you're feeling it give it a listen
All right, friends, we've reached the end of another episode. You can find me on Twitter at Melissa Hout. That's at M-E-L-I-S-S-A-H-A-U-T-E. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Feel free to leave a comment or a rating. You can also now like the YYZ Podcast Facebook page. That's YYZ Podcast on Facebook. And if you want to send me an email with feedback, information, music, you can do so at yyzpodcast at gmail.com. Podcast music by Simbo. Follow him on SoundCloud. Peace. <laughs>